Shut up and sit down. And we're off. What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? We are back for another episode slightly later than usual. We're on a Friday night this week, uh, but we're back for episode 112 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl. If you've never listened before and this is your first time checking us out, welcome to the show. Hope you stick around. Hope you check out some of the other episodes. But this is actually uh, the first episode with our new microphone that I received for my birthday this week uh, from my wife. And I'm hoping that you notice a marked difference in the sound quality straight off the bat. I've done a couple of tests. We're going to keep fiddling with it, but generally it seems like a marked improvement straight away. Um, I turned 38 this week and at the moment I feel every bit of it. I have uh, got myself a case of plantar fasciitis, which is no fun at all. It is excruciatingly painful. It's been going on for a few days now. Uh, I had to do some research because I thought it might have been my bone. I have really bad ankles from playing basketball. I thought maybe it was a tendon. I'd done some cardio at the gym. Maybe I had overextended something. I don't know. Pulled something. Strained something. But it doesn't seem to be that because when I looked at the symptoms... I'm 9 out of 10 for what plantar fasciitis is. Dull pain in the heel, moving towards the arch of the foot, shooting pains, that sort of thing. Worse after you're resting for a period of time or after you've cooled down after doing some exercise. All these markers I got. (laughs) So... Looked up the rehab, started doing the rehab, some stretching. This can also be caused by having tight muscles and tight feet, not stretching enough, which I think is actually probably the culprit here. Anyways, it's no fun at all. It feels like your foot's going to buckle on you. If it flares up while you're walking, you limp all over the place. It's really bad. And it's funny how, you know, when you lose the usage or part of the usage of just one part of your body, how the rest of it's just completely out of whack, right? It's like if you got a sore finger, it's just, it throws everything out of whack. A sore ankle is just, I mean, this plantar fasciitis is properly excruciating pain, but it's the same thing, right? With any part of your body, if you've got a sore elbow, if you've got a sore shoulder, or God forbid you've got a bad back, like so many people do, it puts your mood in the toilet. It affects your sleep, affects everything. So, so important to rehab your body. And I am, I'm guilty of not doing enough of it, of not stretching enough, of not just winding down and resting enough. And I think that's probably what it is. So we're rehabbing it now, but we're feeling every bit of 38 at the moment. It's feeling good, don't get me wrong, feeling great. Life is very, very good, but it causes you a little bit of a funk when you're when you're injured like this. So on the mend, hopefully soon, but still going to the gym. It's still rocking out like a savage in the gym. 
Um, and I hope everybody out there is taking care of themselves. It's important. It's super important. You got to stay ready. And then you don't have to get ready. And that's really my mindset with everything. So a little bit of a hiccup. We'll fix it and we'll push forward. So what's going on out there? The world is in turmoil. We've got plenty of time to talk. I mean, there's been some absurd things this week. And I'm just sitting here thinking because, as you guys know, I don't really take too many notes. I might write a couple of points down. But generally, I just like to talk off the cuff. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I've been considering lately tightening the format of the show, doing a bit more editing, just tightening everything up, just, you know, twisting the screws a little bit. But we'll see how it goes. And I was just thinking about what do I want to talk about today? Because I got to throw down an episode this week. And the first thing that came to mind was this story I saw about Oxford University banning clapping. I don't know if you've seen this or not. But I warned about this a long, long time ago. And it's a topic of repeat on this show. But it's this progressive movement, this alt-left, this ultra-progressive movement going too far. And only seeing examples of it truly manifesting out of America. Not really seeing a ton of it in the UK. But I said, you just watch. Because the gender pronoun thing is coming. And that's just the starting point. Then it'll start to really become invasive in our higher learning institutions. And once that happens, you're going to see a similar shift as to that which is occurring in America. Sure enough, we are now in the midst of, you know, schools allowing up to 100 gender pronouns for their students to identify with. You know, we're going crazy on this movement. And now Oxford University is allowing a ban to be enforced on clapping because it triggers anxiety. For anybody listening, you probably think exactly what I think on this, which is that is absolute nonsense. It's just absurd. There's no other word for it. It's absurd. But it is a real thing. You can Google it. You can check it out. It is absolutely a fact. Oxford University in the UK has banned applause, banned clapping, because it triggers anxiety. We just want to say congratulations to Oxford University for starting, helping start and perpetuate a chain of events that is going to decimate the integrity of the British public and the society of of Britain. I'm just saying, look at Canada. Look at Canada with its lack of free speech. And how it's a criminal offense to refer to somebody outside of their desired, recognized pronoun. This is a slippery slope, guys. And for a major institution, a major world-class institution to implement something so ridiculous is concerning. You know, it's concerning. We live in a world 
that is being nerfed, that is being coated in marshmallows and styrofoam, bubble wrapping everything that we can so as we don't affect anybody's sensibility. And I very much take the opposite view of this because I'm, I'm, I'm a person that I'm a person that doesn't mind getting their feelings hurt. If it's a truth that is being shown to me that I need to address. But we're talking about clapping. We're talking about clapping. Congratulating somebody. Applauding somebody. Giving some, someone affirmative feedback. And this is triggering anxiety. I think... The fact that this triggers someone's anxiety is exactly why some tough love might be just the recipe for success. And I'm not talking about ignoring people's mental health. I did an, I did an episode a few back just about mental health. So don't we can't call into question how I feel about mental health. However, when we start going down this slippery slope of allowing these asinine things to be taken seriously without examining them further. Just because I say something, just because somebody says something doesn't make it a fact, right? Just because I say clapping causes me anxiety doesn't mean the clapping is the root of my anxiety. Doesn't mean you should just go ahead and ban all clapping. This is fucking ridiculous. And maybe I should have changed, maybe, maybe the episode, maybe the podcast name should be something with ridiculous in it because that's what we talk about so much we talk about the absurdity of this world because there's so much of it right like you've got this happening in a world-renowned school an institution of the highest learning with a history that goes back centuries and they're banning clapping it just winds me up how absurd things are and how absurd things get a pass. They get allowed to like to be implemented. It's just mental to me. It's like, I don't know, I can't even remember her name, but this transgender cyclist. Have you seen this? This is just another example of where the argument completely falls down. There's this transgender cyclist, her name's Rachel something, I believe. She just broke the world record for cycling. I don't even know what the hell the race was. I just saw a snippet of this and I, you know, I, I, I don't need to go into it. I don't need to read it in depth because it doesn't make any sense that this is even allowed to happen. So this person, this woman now, she's a transgender though, right? As a transgender man, transgender woman, right? A man that used, that used to be a man, but now it's a woman. So this woman who was a man became a cyclist and just broke the world record. And this is okay with some people. There are too many examples to cite and I'd have to pull them up. But you look at these track and field uh, events where schools are allowing uh, kids that who, basically schools, this is happening in the States, schools who have um, transgender students 
who like boys that identify as women. They're allowing those boys, even though they haven't transitioned, they're allowing those boys to compete in female activities because they identify as female. And what's happening is they're kicking the shit out of the girls because nature, right? Because biology. And I don't mean any disrespect to the women that might be listening to this show, but physically men are superior to women. That is just a biological fact. Hence why when a transgender woman competes against women, they generally kick the shit out of them. If you tried to do it the other way, like if you had a transgender man, someone who used to be a woman and then became a man and wanted to compete against the men, that person would get their heads beaten. They'd get fucking killed. There is a biological difference. So the fact that a transgender woman can go into female cycling and break the world record and it be considered legitimate by anybody is a goddamn farce. And the fact that this world record holder, transgender cyclist, has the nerve to come out and call her female competitors losers is disgusting. And just furthers the the point that transgender women should not be able to compete in female sports, period. I'm not on the fence at all about this. There is a clear line of difference biologically, physically, It just cannot be allowed to occur because the results are effectively predetermined. If you have a competent athletic male that transitions into a woman and competes against women, he's going to win. That's just the facts of it. And they bear out because just look at the examples all the way across high school to the, you know, to the examples that we're talking about now. So for me, that's just absurd. And and again, it's like it's so ridiculous that this even that this is even allowed to occur. Because to me, it's not even a question. This isn't of course. This is a uh, of course. Of course you can't let someone who used to be a dude compete against women. That just doesn't work. Everybody's fine with this, right? Everybody's fine with this until it comes to physical sports, combat sports. Right? There was one example of it, but then that person ended up getting fucked up anyways. Uh, They weren't that good. But, like, if John Jones decided to become a woman and then fought in the women's division, do you know what he would do? Um, Well, I mean, that's a terrible example because there's no women that are his size. Um, Let's think about it. Henry Cejudo, for instance, right? He's a 135-pound, yeah, 135-pound UFC champion. So you can definitely get 135-pound female fighters. If Henry Cejudo transitioned into a woman or even recognized as a woman and was allowed to compete against women in fighting, you could put 10 women in that ring 
and he would beat the shit out of all of them. It just, this isn't even a question. So to see this cyclist bragging and, and again, calling the female competitors losers is just disgusting. And I can't believe that anybody would even recognize this piece of shit as legitimate. You know? It's like, like it's, it's so hypocritical for any women to support that because that is absolutely an attack on women. So when I see women that are on the side of this argument, it's just a bit farcical to me. But I don't even think that should be recognized. Kind of like the royal family, which brings me to my next point, actually. Um, fucking Meghan and Harry. I, I mean, good Lord. I said, I said on the day they got married, and maybe I'm just a negative person. Maybe I'm just a pessimist. I don't know. But I said on the day that they got married, give it five years. <laughs> give it five years, and they're going to be done. And I don't know if I'm right, but I mean rocky roads by the sounds of it and I only mention that at all because I saw some news footage of Meghan Markle giving an interview apparently they've done some documentary her and Harry or something um I saw parts of an interview with her where she was complaining about her treatment by the British press and the fact that she didn't know anything about how unfair, in her own words, their depiction of her was going to be. And I'm just like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. She said, oh, they don't have that in America. Like, excuse me? Excuse me? One, yes, they do. Two, you don't make a peep when they want to cover your charitable endeavors or your trips across seas, you know, your climate change you know, your, your stance on climate change is fine until you need to take a private jet to Africa and fly all over the continent, right? But you don't mind the press coming and, you know, filming you dancing with the natives. You don't mind them up in your face and, you know, when you're cuddling with kids and shit. But when they get want to get some normal footage of you and want to write a story about you or something, then, oh, it's an attack on us. I mean, the hypocrisy there is is quite hilarious to me. But I'm just like, wait, wait a minute, you joined the most famous, one of the most, if not the most famous family in the entire world, and you didn't think there was going to be this much press coverage of you? You didn't think that there was going to be an increased amount of cameras in your face? You're acting like this is all a surprise to you. Meghan Markle was a deal or no deal briefcase holder, right? Then she got discovered and went to, what was it, Suits or something like that? And then from there, she marries a prince. So this is someone who shied away from the spotlight. This is someone who gets nervous around cameras. This is someone who is uh, a bit reclusive and and and... <laughs> What the fuck are you expecting? Get off 
of your delusion train, step foot into reality and understand the situation that you're in. Because you're not fooling anybody. You just don't like it when people are critical of you. And I personally see right through it. And I don't think that the royals should... They The royals are celebrities. The royals are a tourist attraction to me. And they're effectively, a, from what people say to me, they're like a marketing tool for the country, right? People in America love the royal family. People around the world love the symbolism of the queen and the royal family. Don't give me this shit about you expected the, the, the press's treatment to be so, didn't expect it to be so cruel about you. Stop reading it. Be a grown-up. Go take care of your kids. Mend your family. Stop bitching about it because you don't care when they're there filming you doing work you like to be shown doing. They're there all the time. You get the good and the bad. Welcome to the party, you know? And Harry, can like, comparing it to Princess Diana and him thinking about it all the time. Like, come on, man. Fucking sob stories, you know? And like, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to talk about them. They're not even worth the time talking about. They're, 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 they're our version of the Kardashians. I don't even know why I'm talking about it. Sorry, guys. Gotta, gotta stay hydrated. I drink a lot of water. Right. We gotta talk briefly about Mark Zuckerberg in Congress. Right? He went before Congress to talk about privacy and data sharing and how fucked up Facebook is. And there's not a ton... There's not a ton to go into because every goddamn answer he gave was effectively, I don't know. And the questions are getting a little better. But they're still not all the way there yet. But how do you let a man slide who designed the goddamn platform, <laughs> built it, runs it with an iron fist, is majority stakeholder is CEO, is still actively involved in the day-to-day -day of the company and its portfolio of products, how does he not know if you can target people with certain kind of adverts? <laughs> what? <laughs> the fact that there would even be another question until he gave a straight answer to that is hilarious to me. I mean, he looks prop. He looks like an alien that's been like just put on human skin. Like he's got the worst haircut in the world. He doesn't know how to. The way he drinks water is that person. That's not a human that drinks like that. No human drinks water like that. What's he scared of doing? Spilling it all over his face and his suit and the desk. Like, what does he think's gonna happen? He's gonna sneeze or he's gonna like drop it? It's crazy to see him in public trying to be a normal person because he's anything but. He's a super geek, obviously, so he's a bit weird, right? And probably on the spectrum, but 
he's, I mean, fuck me, man. He's a weird dude. He is a weird dude. And there's not a chance that he doesn't know an in-depth answer to every single one of the questions that were asked to him, dumb or not. He knows the answer. It's just like, you know, when Google was testifying and they were playing around with the way they were asking the questions and they were able to almost, they were able to not answer because of the way the questions were framed. They're getting a little better in the question answer, uh, the way they're asking their questions, but he's just sliding through on I don't knows. How is this acceptable? He's like the fifth richest man in the world. His company has data on over what is it, three and a half, four billion people? Three and a half billion people? I don't even know what the current users, I got kicked off of Facebook, so I'm not even allowed on there. I got kicked off of Facebook about talking about free speech on Facebook. And they tried to say I was soliciting pornography on, on Facebook. That's what they gave me. They gave me a warrant. They gave me a, they gave me a, um, like a three strikes, like get the fuck out now kind of thing. Well, no, sorry. They gave me a warning. And then I challenged it because it was about pornography. And I was like, I would absolutely never, right, ever, ever post anything like that on, on any platform. Never mind social media where all of my friends and family are. My grandmother's on Facebook with me. My mom was on Facebook with me. My sister was on Facebook with me. You think I'm going to be posting pornography on that platform? Get the fuck out of here. So when I challenged it is when they kicked me off. But I remember my last two or three posts on the platform and they were all about free speech because this was when Alex Jones was getting silenced and um, they really started like shadow banning people and, you know, really leaning into their progressive ways and just canceling people at the slightest infraction. But there's no way to challenge it. There's no way to have a conversation with anybody. You cannot communicate with Facebook. You cannot fight... Uh, any sort of a you know a fair battle you can't have a you can't have a debate with these people it's algorithmic they strike you and that's it so why i got stricken in the first place is is terrible so like they would algorithmically spot me for mentioning like free speech and how bad facebook is as a free speech platform but then they would deliver their strike based on another reason and then not let you challenge it. That's effectively what happened. But for, for Facebook to continue to go unregulated, to me, is is bonkers. Is absolutely insane. They're, they're a monopoly. They, they, they siphon up any form of competition that arrives on the market. It is not an even playing field. They're trying to start their... Oh, is that what he was talking about? He, maybe he went to go to talk about the currency, the Libra currency. They're trying to launch this cryptocurrency, right? Because the amount of people they've got on the platform, if they were allowed to launch their own cryptocurrency, then they would effectively be one of the biggest economies in the world. I would take a, I would hazard a guess at, like overnight. I don't know. It's not good though, because... They effectively want to regulate it themselves, and then they say they're going to hand it off. Well, it's made up of a conglomerate of all privately owned credit card companies. Right? So it's made up of, like, Visa and MasterCard and PayPal and, like, fucking banks and... Or not even... Not banks. Um, God, who are the other companies? I can't even remember. There's a list of them. 
It's not good though. It's not people you want to put your fucking money in the hands of, right? It's people who are trying to wrench you. And why should I trust Facebook with my currency? I mean, I paid for ads when I was on that platform, but that was transactionary. I was buying something from them. For them to own a currency that like I earned, nah, I'm not willing to hand any cash over to a social media technology platform. And they're like, you know, yes, I use a bank. Yes, I use a Visa card, you know, Visa debit card. Of course, of course. And one day I will use cryptocurrency, but I won't fucking use Facebook's because I'm not contributing to a continuation of this like monopoly that they're building. I'm not going to help contribute to that. I use Twitter, sure. I use Google, of course. I use Apple every day. I don't use Amazon every day. And if I do, it's probably Prime. But I try to I try to shop locally when I can for certain things. Although the microphone I'm using did come from Amazon, so hypocrite alert. Um Where was I? I don't even know. I don't even know what the fuck I was saying. We're just rambling, guys. We're just rambling. Um, should we talk about? Should we talk about Trump? We could talk about Brexit, but Brexit's like, I don't know what the hell's going on with Brexit. Like they're still saying the thirty first. That's unlikely. They're waiting for the U.S. Uh, or the EU ambassadors to come back with an extension now. I don't know. We got to have a second referendum, I think. It's just crazy. They're just going to slam home some deal without telling us what's in it or how it'll affect us. No thanks. I don't trust you guys. But I think, speaking of untrustworthy, we should talk about Trump. Because... They're going crazy. They are, it's, it's a, it's literally meltdown mode over there. Like the Republicans stormed the closed door sessions about the impeachment inquiry when they're trying to have uh, testimony given by people who were directly involved in the situation, right? Republicans stormed the meeting. They were removed, but they stormed the meeting to try to listen to what was being said because they're playing this game now where they're saying, oh, this should be this should be done in public. The American public should hear the testimony of these folks, should hear the questions that are being asked by both sides, and they should be able to make their own determination on what's happening. The problem with that is the rules are being followed to the letter for these closed-door um question sessions, whatever you want to call them. The people that put the put the rules in place were the Republicans. They ratified this. They they put this into law. They put this process in place to have these closed door sessions. And now they're the ones that are trying to break it down. So again, don't listen to what some of the media is telling you. Because you'll get sucked up in the wrong story. This is a rule that they wrote. 
And now because it doesn't suit them, and because the evidence coming out sounds like it's going to ruin Donald Trump, they don't like it because their jobs are in question. They're desperate. They backed the wrong horse. And now they realized how bad they fucked up and they want to do anything they can to impede, slow down, or sway some of the, you know, Trump base into thinking this is all a farce. This is not a farce. This is legitimate. This is a legitimate investigation. It touches all branches of the government. The House Budget Committee. The Department of Justice. Various ambassadors. The president. The president's lawyer. The president's... Um, uh, is it Secretary of State? Yeah, Secretary of State. Foreign Secretary. Everybody. This is a legitimate investigation. And they know how serious it is. So... Be careful what you hear. Do your own reading. But this is nonsense. Anybody that says this is an illegitimate process is talking absolute nonsense. So you've got to do your own research. You've got to you've got to check your own stories and your own facts. You got to check them out for yourself, right? Otherwise, you'll be fed a pile of shit and you'll eat it. And you won't know it's shit until you're sick from it. <laughs> but what's happening now is all these diversion tactics, right? Trump with Syria and with Turkey. That's a massive problem that he started, that he's trying to solve, sort of, but not really. Because he's basically just taking the sanctions off Turkey. So now they can do whatever they want in Syria. Russia secured with Syrian troops a part that they didn't have before of Syria. So that's good for them. Another friend of Trump. Trump's done a business deal in Turkey. Right? So he's got vested interests commercially there. Personal interests. He's come out and said that the Kurds... He said that the Kurds didn't help them in World War II... So why should he help them now? This is something he said. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that there. I'm not, I don't, it doesn't need any further in explanation. It doesn't need any more elaboration. Nothing. Okay? He said that. It's on fucking TV. But this is an international incident. And it's a diversion tactic. He's claiming that this investigation into him is a lynching. So he's throwing, you know, provocative language out there to try to, you know, take the story away from him for a few minutes and put it on that. He mentions Obama. He did a press conference the other day. I think he mentioned him 12 times. The Department of Justice have all of a sudden opened an investigation into the 2016 election and how the Democrats were, um, were responsible the timing is hilarious to me. But meanwhile, and again, this is from different news sources that I read, apparently Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan are lobbying the Republicans in the Senate 
to vote Trump out. So say the impeachment was successful in the House and they move it up to the Senate. Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney are lobbying the senators, the folks in the Senate, to vote Trump out and put Mike Pence in place, who's currently vice president. Apparently, they need 10 more votes. And they're working on it. So everybody in his party knows how bad Trump has fucked up. And they're distancing themselves from him. There's a few stragglers that are hanging on, fighting like pit bulls for their lives. But it seems to me that the House of Cards is falling fast. And when you run things like a criminal, you'll get caught eventually. But I honestly can't believe that it's this it's taken this long and all the shit that he's done, it's taken to this. And him pulling out of Syria was one of the things that helped tip it the other way as well. They're starting to walk away from him. They're starting to turn their back on him. But I don't know if his base will. And they're the motherfuckers that vote. So we'll have to wait and see. I also wanted to talk very quickly about uh, Hillary Clinton raising her head out of the sand. And absolutely... I mean, to be... I don't actually know what the fuck she was doing. But... She came out and she called Tulsi Gabbard a Russian agent. I don't know if you guys saw this or if you give a shit about it, but it's pretty significant because she needs to keep her fucking mouth shut because she's a criminal herself. And she needs to shut her mouth about Tulsi Gabbard, who's like a military veteran. Like, uh, I mean, if she's a Russian agent, uh, good job. I don't see how that works. She enlists in the military. She does all this stuff. I mean, that is a deep and dark motherfuck. For her to be a... You know... Is she even a disruptive force for the election at this point? I don't think enough Americans are behind her. Like if she was to run as an independent to try to take votes away from Mitt Romney and fuck the Democrats... I just don't see that happening, but I think the fact that Hillary Clinton has spoken up and called her and somebody else Russian agents is gross. Like, what are you doing? I'm not sure what the motive is here, but it's disturbing to even, even hear her come out of left field and make these remarks to make a bit of news. And now Tulsi Gabbard on Twitter is um, is going hard in the pain at her. I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about it, but to me, I would never, I, why would Hillary Clinton say that Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian agent? What evidence or knowledge does she have to support that claim? She does like multiple tours in Iraq. Like she's, I don't know. She runs Hawaii. Like, I don't know. Anyways, just a thought. Yeah, I don't know. What else is going on? 
as a sports fan, oh, I mean, you know, I'm not a terribly huge sports fan, but I, as you guys know, who've listened before, I, I really love the UFC. I love mixed martial arts. I love combat sports. And I was really looking forward to this fight that was coming up in 10 days time between Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal for the inaugural bad motherfucker belt. <laughs> and it was going to be such a good scrap. But apparently Nate Diaz has failed a test for a uh, quote unquote tainted supplement. Now, anybody that knows Nate Diaz knows he is fiercely against steroids. He's a very clean person. He's a, I, I believe he's vegan or vegetarian, I believe. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, you know, him and Nick Diaz, his brother, they, you know, they, they do triathlons. They're very clean people. They, you know, they're, they're, they're big stoners. And I think Nate has his own CBD company now or product or something. And I just don't see them being cheaters. I just, I just don't see, um, I don't see Nate taking steroids. I just don't. And I think this is going to come back as like a misunderstanding or maybe something tainted. I don't know. I fucking hope so anyways, but I'm just hoping and Mosfidal tweeted out. He's like, I know you're clean. Let's just fucking do the fight anyways. Cause he doesn't want to lose this paycheck. But who knows what's going to happen. I don't even think there's been a decision made. It's Friday night now. I haven't checked in a while. But God, I'm hoping it happens. Oh, I'm looking forward to that fight so much. And then Connor came out. He's in Russia selling his whiskey. And he did a press conference over there. In which he said he wants the winner. He thinks Nate's going to win. He wants the winner of that fight. Then he wants to fight. Uh, who did he say? He said one other person and then he wants the winner of Khabib and Tony Ferguson and he thinks that's going to be Khabib and he wants it in Russia. Or no, sorry, he says he's going to have one more. He says he's going to have one fight and he won't tell who the opponent is. Then he wants the winner of this, the uh, Masvidal Diaz fight. Then he wants the winner of Khabib Tony and he thinks it's going to be Khabib and he wants it in Russia. That's what he said. Which is, a, it's fucking bold words. And I think there's a lot of tough fights in there that he might not win any of them. But I just right now want this, as a sports fan, you've probably tuned out now if you're not interested in the UFC or whatever. Um, but as a sports fan, I want this fight so bad. I'm looking forward to the undercard, or the, uh, the co-main as well, which is Till and Gastelum. That's going to be an amazing fight, hopefully, if... Uh, Gaslam doesn't sleep him, catch him with his chin up moving backwards. But it's going to be a great card, and I just hope they can find a way to work this out. So, yeah, let's see how that all works out. But that was some pretty uh, devastating news. Anyways, I think we're going to wrap, guys. What have we done, like 45, something like that? Um, so yeah, tested the new mic. That's really what we wanted to do today and obviously get something down this week because uh, we didn't get a chance to on Wednesday. But I hope you enjoyed the show. We were doing a bit of rambling just off the cuff uh, for that one. But we'll be back next week, hopefully Wednesday night. So it'll be with you on Thursday uh, rather than Saturday as this one most likely will. 
but I appreciate you listening. And again, if this is your first time, I hope you enjoyed the show. You can go back and listen to some of the other episodes. Um, you can always find us on Skype, uh, on Skype, fucking Skype, um, SoundCloud, Spotify, and and obviously the iTunes uh, will have us there as well. So tune in, subscribe, rate. You can hit us up on Twitter at Quiet Part Loud. Um, and yeah. We'll be back next week to keep on doing it. Now we've got an improved mic. I'm going to listen back and hope the uh, hope the audio was good. Check it out. See if there's any adjustments that need to be made. And, and we'll take it from there. Video hopefully on the horizon. And that'll add another element to it. Allow us to get on YouTube and do some other things on there. And then maybe put some structure to this thing. Maybe do some segments. I'm not sure. I'm thinking about this. I've been talking to some people about it as well. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But for sure, we'll be back next week. And uh, and I hope you're back to listen and to join us for more of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. So uh, this has been episode 112. I'm the host of this thing. My name's Daryl. And uh, I'll be back next week. So until then, all the best.